Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little, chi- my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. There's nothing more real than to have your little daughter or your little son get sick. So many people walk around in this world and they they forget about God, they don't have anything to do with God, but man, when death comes knocking on the door... And it happens to be your little loved one, be it a child. It gets real serious. It gets real serious real quick. And you start searching for God. And this man, Jairus, is a leader of the church. He was a leader of the synagogue. He came looking for Jesus Christ. And when he found Jesus Christ, the Bible says he fell at his feet. There's nothing more humbling than to get down at your feet in front of another man. And he humbled himself down in front of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and fell at his feet. And when he fell at his feet, he besought him greatly. And he said, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed. My little daughter lieth at the point of death, the end of verse 23, and she shall live. This man not only was willing to humble himself down, He knew in his heart, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that if Jesus Christ could simply get to my daughter, she shall live. That's a definite statement. That's a man of great faith. That's great faith he's put in this man, Jesus Christ, and he falls down in front of all these people, in front of all his friends, and Jesus Christ is being thronged. There's so many people around him. He wasn't embarrassed He wasn't ashamed to fall down at the feet of Jesus Christ in front of his friends and family and admit that Jesus Christ is the only one that can do something for his daughter. He wasn't ashamed of that. And he besought him greatly. And he said with a definite statement of faith, she shall live. And Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. When I was reading this story, I wondered, what would make Jesus Christ of all the people, you know, of all the people that were following Jesus Christ, and everybody wants something from Jesus Christ. They, very few people ever show up to give something to Jesus Christ. They show up to get something from Jesus Christ. But this man, he has so many people, Jesus Christ has so many people following him and asking for favors, asking for healings. But this is the one that Jesus Christ picked to go with. This man, Jairus. And I've wondered in my heart, why did Jesus Christ, of all the people, pick him? Because there's so many other people wanting Jesus Christ to go their way. And I can tell you now that I read this story, the reason why Jesus Christ went with Jairus is because Jairus was willing to humble himself down. He said with a definite statement of faith, you will heal her. She will live. And he besought him greatly. This is a man that he knew who could get it done, and he besought this man, Jesus Christ. And he didn't just say, hey, Jesus. He didn't just stay away from the crowd and say, hey, Jesus. trying to get his, he, he had to elbow himself through the crowd. He had to push some people out of the way. 
He had to make his way through the crowd. And when he made his way through the crowd, he jumped at the feet of Jesus and besought him greatly. He was serious about his offer to Jesus Christ. He was serious about the dealings he had with Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ could see his faith. Jesus Christ could see his humbleness. And Jesus Christ could see that this man was serious in his heart that he wanted something done. He wants some prayers answered from Jesus Christ. Those are three things you need to follow. Verse 24, Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. It's amazing to me when you talk about Jesus Christ and the people thronging Jesus. You watch some movies, of, and we've all seen movies of Jesus Christ and the life of Jesus Christ. And they always have a crowd there, but they never could really, you can't comprehend how crowded it really was. They can't get enough actors to act the part and, and extras in the movie to, to get around Jesus Christ. They couldn't film the movie. He's thronged people elbow to elbow. Verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. This woman, this certain woman was, had gone to all the physicians, she'd gone to all the doctors, and she wasn't having any kind of help. She's been going through this for 12 years. Sounds a lot like what's going on today, 2,000 years later, amen. So many of us would go to the doctor and Praise the Lord that the, the Lord has given wisdom to the doctors to heal some of our illnesses up. But sometimes we do get around some quacks out there. And they charge us money and they promise us all these promises about our back, about our health, or whatever we're ha- problems we're having, and they don't fix them. And that's what this woman's been dealing with for 12 years. The problem was she was going to the wrong physician. She needed to go to the great physician, Jesus Christ. If you're in here this morning and you have a life of sin and you've been trying to get this sin healed, you've been trying to get cleansed of your sin, there's no other way you're going to go but through the way of Jesus Christ. There's no other physician that can heal you of this sin, this this illness of sin like Jesus Christ. Religion can't do it. Buddha and Muhammad can't do it. There's no other religions in the world that can cleanse you of your sin. You're still going to have that guilt on you when you live, leave that religion. You can live that religion all your life. But in the end, you're still going to have that, that sin, that guilt. But through Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you this morning, through Jesus Christ, the great physician, when you meet this man, Jesus Christ, he will touch you and heal you, and you'll never be the same. And I'm here to tell you, I have, I, that guilt of sin has been lifted off of me. It's like, a, it's like this cloud's off of me. I have so much peace about where I'm going to go to heaven. I have no more fear of going to hell. I have no more fear of judgment. That's all passed away. It's because I went to the great physician, Jesus Christ. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him. Okay, let's stop there. The Bible says she heard of Jesus. Somebody had to tell this certain woman about the man, Jesus Christ. Some, she was sitting around somewhere, someplace. And maybe she was talking about her illness she had and how she'd been dealing with this for 12 years. And somebody mentioned, well, have you ever heard of the man Jesus Christ. There's a man from Galilee that can heal all illnesses. This man of Galilee named Jesus. Jesus Christ. They call him the anointed one. Have you heard of him? 
And maybe she said, well, no, I've never heard of Jesus Christ. Well, I've heard he's coming over on a ship and he's going to be coming by this way. I got a question for you this morning. When's the last time you told somebody, personally, you told somebody about Jesus Christ? When's the last time somebody has heard about Jesus Christ from you? Guys, we're living in America in 2016. There's lots of people out there that don't know about Jesus Christ. Literally don't know anything about Jesus Christ. Oh, they've maybe heard a little bit about a man, but they don't know how great a physician Jesus Christ is. You understand what I'm saying? They don't understand what Jesus Christ can do for them. The world might mention Jesus Christ, but they mention him and they put him on on the shelf with all these other religious leaders, Muhammad, and they try to make him equal. Uh Uh-uh! He's not equal. There's no comparison. There's no equal to Jesus Christ. There's no, he doesn't compare to anybody else. And that's the way the world presents him. Guys, it's our job as Christians to say, hey, this man, Jesus Christ, he will heal you. He's not like these other religions and like these other fakers. He will do something for you. And he's not going to ask a dime from you. He's not going to ask anything from you. You understand what I'm saying? He's not going to expect you to do some kind of work. You just come to this physician and he will heal you. If you have the faith that he can heal you, he will heal you of your sin. Praise the Lord for that. And what the world does, the world tries to present these other people, and they're not equal to Jesus Christ. I was in the store the other day talking to some young kids, and it blew my mind. This kid had his hair dyed, and I knew knew his dad real well, and his dad is as heathen as you can be. And he was asking me about Jesus Christ. And he was telling me about Jesus Christ. He was asking me some questions about Jesus Christ. You know what I told him? I'm glad you're seeking the truth. You don't have to believe me, man. It's the Bible. Read your Bible. And I was telling him some scriptures, and he goes, well, there's some scriptures. He said, I was at a church camp, and I really like what the, the, the pastor there said at the church camp. And it struck me. Somewhere this kid, he didn't hear it from his dad. I know he didn't hear it from his dad. Somewhere this kid was at a church camp, and somebody told him about the man Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, your job is to... Tell people about Jesus Christ. When's the last time somebody heard you talking about Jesus Christ? Man, we're so quick to call somebody. Oh, they got a sale. They've got steak down there at the store to buy. Buy one, get one free of steak. Ladies are calling. Uh, They got shoes. Buy one, get one free. Parish. He been down to this. We love to talk about the sales or places you can go to get these good deals. But there's not a better deal than Jesus Christ. And it's talking about eternity. And we've fallen down on the job. Christians aren't doing the job they need to do and tell people about Jesus Christ. She heard it, but somebody had to tell her for her to hear about it. Somebody was talking about it. We need to do a better job of talking about Jesus Christ around our loved ones, around work, wherever we're at. Let's not be ashamed. Let's not be afraid. You know, they got us beat down like we should keep our... You know, we shouldn't be talking about religion in the workplace. Well, they talk about drinking, they talk about fornicating, they talk about everything else at the workplace. Why don't we just get some guts and say, you know, I was at church the other day, and man, I had a good service. Jesus Christ, they were preaching about Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong about talking what we're doing. They're talking about going to the bars. Make some people uncomfortable. 
Yeah. You want me and Joker work around a bunch of heathens and we sit in that break room? Man, they make me uncomfortable some of the things they talk about. So I'm going to try to make them uncomfortable talking about some of the things I want to talk about. We need to be more bold for Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Oh, she's got that faith again. See, there's it going back to that faith. She believes by faith if she can just get to Jesus Christ. It's not he might heal me up, maybe heal me up. He shall. I shall be whole. Amen. Grab a hold of that. And it's her own free will. She's going to him of her own free will. Verse 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She, man, you know, she, she's just like Jarius. She's having to dig around and push people away. And the man, the throng, just elbow to elbow. And she squeezes in and she sees Jesus Christ walking by. She says, if I can just touch his clothes. And she gets down a lot like Jarius and she reaches under and just touches, that, just touches that little hem of Jesus. And as soon as she touches the clothes of Jesus Christ, she's healed up and she knows it. And she stands up. I'm healed. Twelve years of searching for the wrong physician. And I'm healed. Verse 30. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, virtue is like a power, had gone out of him. But a virtuous power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? People to people touching, grabbing all over Jesus Christ. You know, as disciples, you know Peter is probably punching some people. Get away, get, get out of here, man. Get, get, you know, people, oh, Jesus, 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 screaming Jesus' name, screaming out to him and everything, just thronging him, thronging him. And all of a sudden, Jesus turns and says to Peter, Hey, who just touched me? Look at verse 31. And his disciples said unto him, uh, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? <laughs> I can't believe Jesus is asking him, Who touched me? But he knows. Listen, guys. You say, What separates out Jesus Christ? It's the power of Jesus Christ. There's power in the very clothes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's power in the very touch of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's power in the very voice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But more importantly to you, there's power in the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Very, very powerful blood our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The very power is there, and he knows a little bit of his left him. Somebody's touched him. Who's touched him? What's the difference, Brother Keegan? This one woman touches him, just barely touches the hem, and these other people are reaching out and grabbing him and touching him. What's the difference, Brother Keegan? She touched him with the touch of faith. So many people, I'm worried. In the world we live in, especially this country, a bunch of heathens, a bunch of people going around saying they are Christians and they're not Christians. They've never met our Lord and Savior Jesus. Oh, they've heard about Him. Maybe they've gone to church. 
But they've never touched Jesus Christ with a touch of faith. They've come so close to him. Oh, so close to Jesus Christ they could have touched him. But they didn't touch him with a touch of faith. And they're still bound to go to hell. If you're in here this morning, you've never come and encountered Jesus Christ by faith and accepted that free gift, that received that free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ and trusted in Him and put your faith in Him, I'm here to tell you, you're bound to go to hell. You must believe in Jesus Christ. You must have faith He can save you. It's not enough to go to church and hear about Jesus Christ. It's not enough to sit down at the table with your grandmother or your mother or your dad and hear them talk about Jesus Christ. It's not enough to tell somebody, well, I'm a Christian. It's not enough to do that. You must touch Jesus Christ with faith. You must have put your faith in Jesus Christ. You must touch Him like this woman touched Him. Just a touch of faith. And notice it wasn't great faith. She didn't grab a hold of a big chunk of She just barely touched him. That's all it takes. And all it takes is you to have a little faith in Jesus Christ. He takes care of the rest. Amen. Verse 32, and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. See, when you encounter Jesus Christ and you have an encounter with Jesus Christ and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ turns around and starts looking for you. You might have left and accepted Jesus Christ a long time ago and stopped going to church and you stopped having anything to do with Him, but I'm here to tell you, if you had an encounter with Jesus Christ and you touched Him with faith, He's looking for you. He wants to see you again. You might be out wandering around. He's like the old prodigal son's father. He's been looking down the road for you. Is he going to come back? Is she going to come back today? He wants to run up there and he wants to hug you. He wants to kiss you. Jesus Christ was looking for you, looking around. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. See, Jesus Christ expects a confession. It's not enough to believe in your heart. You must confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10 tells us. You need to believe in your heart Jesus Christ died for your sins. You need to believe He'll save you. You need to confess Him. Amen. You need to get out there and tell people that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Amen. Man, it would shame me to death if I found out my wife didn't want to admit that she was married to me. <laughs> and maybe she does. Maybe she runs into some of her friends at Walmart and says, Oh, I'm not married to Keegan. What are you talking about? <laughs> That goofball, I'm not married to him. How would that hurt you? How would that cut you? It'd cut me like a knife. So many of us are married to Jesus Christ, but we get out in the world and we don't want to admit it. Amen. We want to walk around and, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah, yeah, he's all right. We don't want to be so bold to say, man, that's my Savior. He saved me. Amen. You need to be saved. Look what it says at the end of verse 33. Before him and told him all the truth. You need to start telling Jesus the truth. Jesus Christ said the truth shall set you free. The truth shall make you free. Maybe you're not free from sin because you're not telling the truth. You're not being truthful with yourself. You're not being truthful in your prayer life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're just not telling the truth about how wicked you are. And you say, well, Brother Keegan, I need to be brought. I'm in this bondage of this sin. Well, Tell the truth. 
You don't have to tell it to me. Tell it to Jesus Christ. Don't, I don't want to hear your... I don't want to hear all the problems you have in your life. I mean, I'd be more than happy to help, help you, to talk to you. But that's not what you need to do. What you need to do is you need to tell Jesus Christ the truth. This isn't a confessional, some kind of Catholic confessional. You come in and tell the pastor all your problems. That's what Jesus Christ is there for. He wants to hear all your problems. You understand me? He cares for you. He wants to hear about it. As crazy as that sounds, he wants to hear about your problems. As crazy as it sounds, but as parents, we understand when our kids are having problems, we want our kids to call us. Amen? We want our kids to call us and talk to us. We want our kids to comfort with, have comfort in us. We want that. We desire that, just like God the Father desires that from his children. Verse 34, and he said unto her, Daughter, I love it, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. See what happened, what's happening here when Jesus Christ calls her out and says, Who touched me? And she's walking around and she finally comes trembling down. She's afraid what's going to happen. She falls down and tells Jesus Christ what she did, how she touched him. He tells her, Hey, don't worry about it anymore. You're healed. And if he hadn't have called her out, she might have wondered a month from now, Oh, is this going to come back? Am I really healed up? Is this going to come back? But now, because Jesus Christ has called her out, now she knows it's never going to come back. She's completely healed. She has peace. She's went to Jesus Christ. Some of y'all are worried about your salvation. Maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're saying, am I really going to go to heaven? The reason why you're doubting is because you're not going to Jesus Christ and getting peace about it. Get in the Word of God and let Him talk to your heart, speak to your heart, and you'll get peace about this stuff. I have peace. I know I'm going to heaven no matter what. I know it. That drives people completely nuts. You know for sure you're going. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm going. <laughs> well, how are you so confident, Brother Keegan? Because I'm not trusting in me. <laughs> if I was trusting in me, I would mess it up. <laughs> I'd mess it up. I've messed it up a thousand times since I got saved. A million if I'd be honest with you. But because I'm trusting the rock Jesus Christ and I'm leaning on him, he's never failed me. I'm going. Trusting in him. Amen. Verse 35. Let's find out what happened to Jairus. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead to Jairus. Why troublest thou the master any further? Don't trouble Jesus Christ any further. You can go ahead and send Jesus on his way because your daughter's dead. There's no hope. It's impossible. Guys, you're never, ever troubling Jesus Christ. I don't care what problem you have, what situation you're in. You're never troubling Jesus Christ when you carry it to Him. Ever. Jesus Christ is never troubled by you. He desires you to come with your troubles. Cast all your care on Him for He careth for you. Jesus Christ cares about you. He cares about your problems. I might not care about your problems. Your wife or your husband might not care about your problems. But Jesus Christ cares about your problems. Go to Him. Carry it to Him. He said, well, my problem's impossible to fix. <sighs> with man, everything seems impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. Verse 36, and as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, Jesus heard what they were saying. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, he turned to Jairus and said, hey, be not afraid, only believe. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I love the word of God. 
And the more you study the Word of God, the more amazing it becomes. And I always try to encourage people, read it, read it, read it, read it. I've been reading the King James Bible and studying the King James Bible for 20-something years. Have you found errors in it? No. As a matter of fact, it's more amazing than it's ever been to me this day than it was 20 years ago. It's, it's incredible. And what makes it incredible is little words that are pop, pop, just drop down in there like that. You see the little word right there? Be not afraid, only believe. Lord, uh, do I need to go up on that mountain and, and climb that mountain and uh, get to that temple and pray to you in that temple? No, only believe. Lord, do I need to go run out and feed some poor people and do all this? No, no, only believe. God doesn't want any kind of works tied to salvation. None. Why is that, Brother Keegan? Because as soon as you tie works of salvation, your dirty, filthy, sinful hands are involved. And God don't want you being any part of that. He wants it all to be about Jesus Christ. Lest any man should boast. He don't want any man getting up to heaven and saying, well, see what I've done for the Lord. See, you know, I know I believed in Jesus Christ, but also I was feeding these people and I was going to church every Sunday. And I, no, God don't want to hear about that. God wants to hear about Jesus Christ. He wants Jesus Christ glorified. It's all about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You get it? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. I'm glad this sister got up here and sang about Jesus Christ. If she got up here and sang about one of y'all, I probably would have puked in my mouth. God said, yeah, I know him better. I know him better than that. She don't really know him. But when she got up here singing about Jesus Christ, I said, yep. That's how I know him. And she was singing more about Jesus Christ. I said, amen. That's how I know him. And she sang some more about Jesus Christ. I said, yep, every bit of that. I know him just like that. He did every bit of that for me too. Praise the Lord. It's about Jesus Christ. He gets all the glory. Verse 37, he suffered, he suffered no man to follow him save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. There was three special people in the Lord's life. There was this 12 disciples, and then he, he whittled it down to three. He kept them, them three together with him when he went and did some special things. But you see, he left the other disciples out and said, All right, Peter, James, John, let's go. Let's go in the house. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and see at the tumult. And then that wept and wailed greatly. And when he, was, when he was come in, he saith unto him, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. <laughs> That's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They're, they're crying. Why are they crying? Well, of course they're crying. He's, she's dead. She's a young girl that's died. And Jesus comes and What are you doing crying? See, we don't look at things like Jesus Christ looks at things. You don't look at things like Jesus Christ looks at things. You look at all the worst things going on. And, oh, it's so horrible, so horrible. And the Lord's looking at it saying, man, that's the best thing ever could have happened to you. And they laughed him to scorn. They started laughing at him. Jesus Christ. They laughed at Jesus Christ. Do you blame them? Some of y'all have laughed at Jesus Christ. I know I've laughed at Jesus Christ. I've seen Jesus Christ call me out here to this little church and I pull up here and the paint's falling off, all this stuff going on, I'm thinking in my heart, what is Tut doing out here? You know, we come in here, there was like four people here. What is Brother Tut doing? 
He's wasting my time, his time, these people's time. You know what God is doing? God's like, yeah, you're laughing right now? Boy, I'm going to show you something. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You think that's funny, Kigan? Yeah, you better wait. I'm going to stick you out here for 10 years just for laughing at me. <laughs> and the Lord does something. But there's people laughing at us, and they're still laughing at us today. And I don't really care. I Amen. I don't care because I know the Lord's doing something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And they laughed him to scorn it. But when he had put them all out, what's Jesus Christ doing? He said, hey, see those laughing? Get them out of here. <laughs> Amen. See, in my mind, see, I read the Bible a little different than y'all sometimes. I know that because I'm a little twisted. You know, I'm, I'm just one step away from going to a mental hospital. But when I read the Bible, sometimes I see Jesus Christ doing that. In my mind, I see Jesus Christ lifting up his, lifting up his robe and just kicking them in the rear end. Pow! Pow! Get out of here! That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do with some people in your life. You got friends. You got family. You got coworkers that are laughing at you, laughing at you for being a Christian. You need to give them the boot. Give them the boot. Well, they've they're been my lifelong friend, Brother Keegan. No friend would be laughing at you for being a Christian. Give them the boot. God will send you ten more friends, ten times better. And they're no friend of yours if they're not a Christian. Amen. I've got Christians that laugh at me. You know what I do with them? <laughs> Give them the boot. I don't care. Guys, you've got to be comfortable in your craziness. You need to be more like me. Be, be, be comfortable in your insanity for the Lord Jesus Christ. Be zealous for the Lord and just be comfortable. You know what? I'd rather get to heaven and say, Lord, I was trying to do everything I could for you. And, and, and the Lord say, Keegan, you know, you, you embarrassed me here. <laughs> Keegan, you really embarrassed me here. Yeah, Lord, but I, was, I, I, I loved you. I was trying to do it for you. Yeah, yeah, you were. Then for him to call me over, Keegan... You weren't doing a stinking thing for me. You weren't doing nothing. You know when we had the little kids and you sent them out to do some kind of project and they were working their little tails off and they were, and they were making the biggest mess in the world and you come out there and they got that big old smile. Look what I've done, Daddy! And they've just made the biggest mess. This is going to take you three days to clean up the mess they made. But how hard was it to get on to them? Your heart was all swelled up because they were so proud they had done something for you. And then made a bigger mess than you could ever clean up. I'm hoping the Lord will have that kind of grace for me. <laughs> I'm glad that God allows me to call him Father. Amen. I, I need some of that fatherly love towards me. Look at verse 40 again. And they laughed him to scorn. And when they, he had put them out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel. And them that were with him and enter in, entereth in where the damsel was laying. She's laying there. And he took the damsel by the hand. It said on her, Talithia Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. You know why Jesus Christ would have been the worst Baptist preacher you ever, would have ever met? The reason why Jesus Christ would have been the worst Baptist preacher you would have ever met was simply this. He never preached a funeral. He broke them up. <laughs> My Lord and Savior didn't preach funerals. He just broke them up. People crying, and he'd walk over there, hey, get out of there, come on. He did that all the time in the scripture. You can't be dead around Jesus Christ. Amen. When you're in the presence of Jesus Christ, you have no choice but to get up. 
But when he leaves the room and you're dead, you're going to stay dead. Jesus Christ doesn't preach funerals. He raises people up. He tells that girl, hey, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. For she was of the age of 12 years. 12 years, yeah, what's that number? 12 years was exactly how long that lady was in illness. So you count that up, you say, that girl was born at the same time, that girl was born at the same time that woman started getting sick. 12 years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. I'd say so, they thought she was dead, he raised her up. When's the last time you let Jesus Christ astonish you? When's the last time in your life you let Jesus Christ do something astonishing? Lord, I know this is impossible, but we're going to do it together. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter if you've been in sin for 12 years or you're just coming to the realization of sin. You're 12 years old. Jesus Christ can save you. And I'm going to pray this morning for you. If you're like this young girl and you're so dead to your sin, you're laying there dead, and you don't even realize you're a sinner, that the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that He'll reach down and He'll touch your heart like He did this little girl and say, Arise, you're a sinner, you need to be saved. I know there's some people that need the sound of my voice that maybe they're dead like this little girl. They're just dead. And they need Jesus Christ to come by and just touch them and say, Hey, now rise up. It's time to walk. You've been dead way too long. Let's go. And notice it says that she got up and walked. This isn't like one of those fake killers you see on TV where they slap them on the head and they get up and their knees are buckling and uh-oh, uh-oh, and they fall back down. When Jesus Christ heals somebody, they got up and walked. <laughs> Verse 43 in closing, and he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. As soon as you get saved, you need to start eating on the Word of God. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to know the truth. There was a Christian he was talking to, a man trying to lead him to Jesus Christ, and as he talked to this, this Christian was talking to this other man trying to lead him to Jesus Christ. He said, so the man that was lost said, so if I accept Jesus Christ, everything's going to go better in my life, and things are going to straighten out in my life. And that Christian says, no, 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 no. I can't guarantee you that. If you accept Jesus Christ, things aren't necessarily going to be better. They might even get worse. And that lost man kind of stepped back. He goes, then why should I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? And that guy said the most profound thing. You accept Jesus Christ because it's true. Because it's true. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us and taking care of us and being so good to us, Father God. And if there's somebody in the sign of my voice that's never took Jesus Christ, received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I ask you, as we get this invitation, they'll come down. They won't be ashamed. They'll come down here humbly, Lord God, knowing they're a sinner, Lord God, and receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Lord God. We want to see some people saved. And, but, Lord, I don't know what's going on in each one of these individual hearts, Lord God, but you do. And you care about them, Lord God, each one of them. And you care where they're at this morning, Lord God. And if maybe there's somebody that's under here, and they sound of my voice, Lord God, that's been a, a dead Christian. Maybe they've been walking around in the boondocks, haven't been doing what they should be doing, Lord God. I ask you to speak to the heart right now. Know that, let them know that, they, that you love them. You want them to come back home and you've got some stuff for them to do, Lord God. And they'll be so much 
more happy and have so much more peace if they'll just come and come back with you, Lord. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that moves and leads and guides and directs us, Lord God. And thanks so much for this little church, Father, and what you're doing through here. And Lord God, we're just praying that Jesus Christ will be glorified and lifted up in every way. We're praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, brother, what, what song are we going to sing as an invitation? 384. 384, as we all stand together. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing, because I bowed my head, knowing I'm a sinner, and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.